and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And today we are discussing Paul Thomas Anderson's Oscar-nominated film, Licorice Pizza, a film that features lots of people, but no licorice or pizza. Oh, it's pizza. It's like the bare naked ladies. They are not bears, they are not naked, and they are not ladies. Mm-hmm. This mm. movie is not about licorice or pizza. No. A movie about licorice would be interesting, though. I don't want to watch it. No, no. I, had, I, I feel like liquor. I may have not enjoyed this movie as much as I should have just because it made me think um, of licorice. Which, licorice. So here's my hot take. The word licorice leans towards black licorice. It's specific. Yeah. It yes. does not make me think of Twizzlers. No, Twizzlers no. aren't really licorice. I know that Twizzlers are, are technically not? licorice. Are, is a flavor. Oh, okay. oh, oh. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. In, that is. So, that so then what, what are Twizzlers? Uh, wax. <laughs> I like wax. I don't like licorice. Okay, that's a good point. We can bring that up later. I love nibs, which are a variation on Twizzlers. Nibs are interesting. So licorice cherry nibs are fabulous. Oh, I don't like those. Licorice is an herb that grows in parts of Europe and Asia. So it's it's made from a root. Don't like um, it. So it's the flavor. Yeah. Like sambuca. Is anise anise all that's similar or different? Is anise? I think it's the same. Uh, yes, yes. Similar taste, similar fragrance, but they have their own identities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Licorice is a root. Anise is a fruit. They just have similar mm. taste profiles. How about it? Okay. Not right. related. R- not related to this movie at all, because there is actually uh-uh. no licorice. In but it, I so. thought you needed to know uh, all of that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I'm actually intrigued by that. Yep. Uh, before we talk about, well, we're talking about flavors. Let's talk about our uh, flavor profiles for our oh, drinks tonight. Ooh, what is everybody on? one tonight? I like the uh, the gold. Ooh, what tab. one is that? Look at that can. Yeah, it's it's um pineapple uh, coconut coconut pineapple. Ooh. It's a party in a seltzer water. It's the one with the that mustache a... that. Mm-hmm. Remember, I couldn't. I, I said it was. Yeah, uh, I still think it's Hawaii Five O. No. Yeah, I was, yeah it's Tom Selleck. Tom, oh, Tom yeah, Selleck. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Selleck. It looks yeah. like Tom Selleck, doesn't it? It I mean, kind of does look like Tom. Why else would they put a? Let me see. Maybe Ted Lasso. Mm. What is the ref? The Hawaiian ref? I don't want to say. Maybe not. I'm Hawaii, surprised you haven't rocked a coconut and pineapple yet. and a mustache like mm. that. That's Tom Selleck. It's Magnum PI. Do you think that's the, what they're going for? I yeah, don't that's know, a deep cut for bubbly. It is. I don't know. Let's go with it. All right. Mm. I'll drive you coconuts. Is what it says. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Oh, I don't know. Um, it reminds me of uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Bradley Cooper, John Peters, my favorite oh, character man. in this movie. Okay. Oh, well, it's hard not to beat that character. I, mean, I oh boy. am drinking a delicious house cup Ooh. chocolate peppermint tea, white chocolate peppermint tea. It is oh. so yummy. And I have it that in my, my Christmas mug because all of a sudden it feels like winter again. It is cold. Oh, cold. I needed a warm rainy. beverage. I've got a blankie on. Mm. Yeah. So you're not in the California night like in this film. No, is what you're saying no, no, yeah, no. I just have a, a Miller Lite again because I, I don't have room for anything else. <laughs> the boxes Keeping are it just simple. This, every episode. If you, if you see us on Facebook, I'm being consumed by more and more. I would love boxes next week if you really did have them piled up like entirely around you. And it was just like a hole that you opened up to put your face yes, through into the camera box. Like the computer, oh. the camera was in a box ready to go. And you were just yes, opening like up a like, panel. Like a, I'm imagining laughing, like a yeah. Goldie yes. Hawn yeah, yeah, like yes. popping out I of a U-Haul box. Record, I might record an episode from the moving van. Okay. I, Brian, there are so many just opportunities for entertainment so in this. It is. Uh, okay. 
Well, you know, they maybe I could be uh, purchasing a waterbed while I record. Oh, and gosh, maybe I should be bringing a waterbed to the show. That's a flashback. Uh, that's a flashback. All right. Uh, it is time for the rundown. Here we go. Well done. Well done. Two weeks in a row, by the way. Right on. Hmm. He's trying to sneak a peek. Sneaking a peek. You need to have the fresh reaction to my hot takes. <clears throat> this is Barry Gibb with tonight's rundown. Is that his name? Stop mentioning <laughs> Barry Gibb. <laughs> this movie made me think about talking? Barry Gibb a lot. <laughs> a lot of conversation about Barry Gibb. By the way, uh, if you're looking for an amazing documentary to watch on um, the Gibbs brothers. Barry Gibb. Amazing. Just like him. Just like amazing. Him. All right, here we go. Uh, Gary Valentine, not Barry Gibb, <laughs> is a 15-year-old child actor, soon to be a 60-year-old has-been with a toupee, connections, stories of times past, and a really old lady friend. <laughs> the only thing keeping him grounded is his very normal little brother and his 25-year-old Jewish lady crush, who fluctuates between feelings of infatuation and disgust for him. Somewhere between their waterbed business and his pinball fantasies, they might find some kind of love? I don't know if that's the word. Yes. Interesting. Uh, okay. Grade of the week time on a scale from A plus through F. How would we grade licorice pizza? I want you to go first, James DeSanto. No, no, no. You oh, go first. All right. This is a B plus for me. Oh, okay. Oh, I right. thought you were going to be, based on your I, reactions, I thought you were going to be lower. I'm I, trying to weigh my gut reaction to the storyline yeah. with the artistry of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, right, right. I see, I see what you're saying. Valid um, points right off the bat, by the way. Thank you. I was going to give this a B. Okay. Either you. I'm going to go A minus. Okay. I was teetering between, if you had asked me last night when I finished it, I probably would have said B plus like Katie. But thinking about it more today, I, I think I'm pushing into the A minus realm. Maybe by the end of the episode, I'll be at B plus. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. So this is Oscar nominated. For Best Director, Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay. It is probably the favorite, I think, for Best Original Screenplay. It's won a number of the Best Original Screenplay uh, awards leading into this. Probably outside shot at Director, and I don't think probably Best Picture would be my guess based upon what everybody's saying about it. But what were our initial thoughts of this. Well, first of all, this was driven by Jim's desire. At first, this was going to be his Oscar pick yeah. for us, but it wasn't available to stream. And it was in pretty limited release, which a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies are this late in the run because it came out in November. So what drew you to this, Jim? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, just just the fact that I know Paul Thomas Anderson usually makes good movies. Like he's not, he's not a director. I I don't group him with like, like the, the really, I don't know. 
he, I feel like he has his own style. So I, I picture him as more like a Quentin Tarantino because he likes to mm. write and direct at the same time. He doesn't seem to be re really concerned with anybody else. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And, and his films are usually a little bit um, smaller in scope. I mean, there are a few that are a little more epic, but... Um, yeah, I, I I just wanted to watch it because I I had once I saw it was nominated and I saw he was making sort of like a little podcast circuit. Um, I heard him on um, Smartless and I was like, oh yeah, I should watch this movie. So that's why I picked it. And I like movies that are set in the seventies usually with that have mm. some backbone of music, and I will will get it right out of the way. Katie was wondering what the name of the movie means, Licorice Pizza. It is a reference that they made around that time to records because it looked like licorice and it's the shape of a pizza. Um, and it was also the name of a Southern California record store chain featured at the time. In, yes, featured in Fast Times at Ridgemont High hmm. as well, which was a favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. If you see the beginning of the movie, they walk by the Licorice Pizza record store in the mall. So, okay, so that, I, that was my guess of what of what it meant. Um, but why that title for this film? I think it's just the time, and I was wondering if he just didn't really have a title that... Hmm. Um, so it's just something that Emblematic is of that. Time yeah, it's a very specific him. time period. It's interesting because my first thought was, well, their relationship makes me feel the same gut reaction that I would feel if I were to see licorice on a pizza. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Gross. Well, let's get that part out of the way, because I think. It's a. a an issue that's kind of intriguing and a lot of the criticism of the film is anchored in this age gap, right? I mean, and mm -hmm. it's dealt with right out of the shoot that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman, who had first film he's ever been in and is fabulous. Uh, we start out with him and Alana Heim, do I never say, did I say that right? I never knew. I know we were uh, debating that as well. Heim. Heim. I, Heim. Heim. I don't know. This is the name of the band. Heim. Okay. Heim. So, you know, they, they meet each other. He's getting his picture taken at, for school, his school picture. She's helping out and we find out immediately that there's this age gap. Uh, and they, and they don't run from that in this film at all. It's, it's at the, I, I would argue that they, she, at the beginning, at least, is constantly bringing up this age gap, but it's creepy at first and maybe creepy throughout. I think the it's creepy through movie. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think and, it gets less creepy. And it's I, I often I, I kind of wondered as I was watching. Wait, it, so time out. What, what's creepy about it? Because I you do other than just I, knowing the age that. Well, I think that's the I mean. She's 25, he's 15. Right, right. But but let let's play it out like like what's the creep factor of the relationship because usually for like usually when you have like an age gap like that it's very apparent that like one person is really 
kind of slightly manipulated by the age gap or I think like that's a slippery slope, Jim. I don't I I don't know. I think that there's something to be said just for that notion of like the age of reason and like when yeah. we as a society consider someone an adult and right. No, no, but I, that was sort of what I was gonna say. Yeah. So ages and and rules like that obviously apply to a broad spectrum of people make a lot of sense in this case though i think she is like his age oh she's no, no, completely I, emotionally stunted yeah i 100 percent agree but no and i but that to my i i guess that's why as the film went on maybe it became less an issue because i think that was jim is right i think that's at the core of what it is is the show that they emotionally or age what you know so. are stunted yeah but it's, I still, it, it is, still it's feels just, so like yeah no, no it's, it does because i strange. roll it forward to like so she's gonna bring her 15 year old boyfriend home to like dinner with the family it, like well I, that goes to the end so i don't right? i don't even want to get that point but <laughs> my question but the issue is th this too i was like is it oh is it more okay because she's a woman he's a man like no. if this was reversed it's not it, it wouldn't even be filmed well, but, but what's it? interesting well but that's interesting brian because i'd say historically we as a society were much more accepting or still are are much more accepting of notions of older men with younger women but that young that's well, where i think that the disconnect i don't think it, at that at that spectrum 25 to 15 we're we're not there. That's never been yeah. a thing okay. that was celebrated. Not it's twenty five to thirty five is what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yes, agree. But I guess like I guess it's that we've seen it. It's I don't think it brings up that same immediate like right. gut reaction of wrong. Right. And th there's there's a lot that goes into that in terms of like how girls are portrayed yeah. and the idea of the teenage female. But there's there's a lot behind that. But I think there is more of an accepted storyline of the younger woman and the older man. Yes, I, I complete. It's complete. We've seen tons of movies like it. I just think it's so young here. But I, I think just tackled at the beginning. It, it was disarming at points. But one of the things that maybe was made it less disarming is that it's a constant theme throughout it. Like she knows she shouldn't be involved you know but it's like it, it's impacting on her character i kept coming I back to like how am i supposed to feel about it right like like yeah. how does the story maker want me to feel about the relationship like am i yeah. supposed to get to a point where i feel like yep they belong together but do but here's my question i guess we kind of <laughs> jumped to the end because people have been talking about this right so at the end of this movie when they kind of run off together and she says i love you it, do are, do you think it's necessarily like a romantic love, like they're going to be together, or do you think it's just? Oh yeah, I thought so. Do do you see? I don't know. Like a lot, a lot of people have been debating that at the end of this. Like huh. if if the film went on another, if you saw them in a year, are they actually together? Is it I, that type of relationship? I, could, though? I did not interpret that in any other way at the end than that they were romantically together now yeah yeah no that that's clear oh. that is not a question what brian's saying is is that is that something that's going to last right like is it i is, i would be shocked if that wasn't the intention because the no. whole buildup of the story leads to that they are like intertwined right humans, but that right? doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing and oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think the filmmaker is saying that it's a great 
thing Agreed. for them to be together. Uh, only that they are, they are, like you said, intertwined in a way that makes a lot of sense for both of them. Because they both feel better around each other. I think. Yes. Then that's it. It doesn't mean that, that the relationship is a is like a good product or a good yeah. I don't a good I don't summing of people. Yeah, I don't know. I to me if that's that then I question the ending of the movie because I feel like that's where the story lands is like these two people are are each other right that's, like that they, that's totally yes that they so that this is where they should be and it could be shitty yeah i just don't think we get the shitty i think we get the like we get i think it's supposed we to feel, get him doing okay go ahead. i don't know what you're watching oh, I'm not, not that because no here listen what relax i don't like when you say i don't know what you're watching well I, we watched okay. the same movie well then what about tell me what, what about thinking. the part Right after seemingly they realize that they want to be together, he ru they run into the pinball store. He says, "I'd like to introduce yeah. Garrett, Mrs. Gary Valentine," and, and she, she says, says you, idiot. "You idiot!" and storms away. Yeah. Like, are you thinking that like that piece of their relationship that she despised the parts of him that repulse her are just going to go away? No, I think that they are totally twisted and it's going to be a tumultuous back yeah, and that, forth that's all I'm constantly, that's all but I'm that saying. they're going to keep coming back to each other. That is all I'm saying. Okay. That that's that that is not a good thing, but it's going it, to it's there. Okay. Right, like they end up together, but that doesn't necessarily I don't think it's celebrated that they end up together, do you? I don't know, it does feel like it doesn't feel discordant. It doesn't feel like the movie lands in a place where the audience is supposed to feel doom and gloom and that, right, that it feels like the way the story is told is that these two people were always meant to come to this place and so there this is complete this is resolution well this is, is it here we are I, I guess the question is yeah, is it I resolution agree. i i would agree with that too but i i'm wondering it's kind of hard for me is it more of a resolution of them starting to see in the other person things about themselves that they need to embrace and I just don't I don't know if I would see like long term, like in my mind at the end, like they're together in some way. Like, I feel like they would have some kind of relationship, but I don't know if it would be like the happily ever after. Mm. Type. I think they're just their their personalities and what they need is there. There's something there between them. I don't know where that will go. And the only reason I say that is you look at certain sequences in the movie where it's like they kind of are getting together, but they're not getting together. And there's these opportunities that, and it just, they constantly kind of pass those up. And, and then it's when they come back together, they're still almost at every opportunity going to look for someone else. Like whenever Gary's around someone his age, he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to be with this girl now because I know that's what I should be with. But I'm drawn back to being a friend or whatever with her. Alana, she's like with him doing that, but she's always looking for somebody else and and jumping to that. So I don't know really if it's solely an understanding like that. 
what we're seeing at the end is just another continuation of what we've seen multiple other times in this movie. And like, it could be the next day and then they're back into another situation. It's just that the movie ends at this point, you know, they know they need each other. They've been all through these times where they've not been together, but what being together at the end I don't know if it's like a happy-go-lucky love story at the end. Well, that's it, my so only point of it. So it feels that way, though. It feels like there's supposed to be a movement forward because I, there's been so much well, of the like we got to this place, but we didn't. We got well, to me, this place, but we didn't. Let me and ask then, you this then, Katie. Do, do don't you think that the filmmaker could be like leaning into the idea of like at that age? you know, mid, you know, 15 to 25. That the moment if the moment you decide that you're with somebody and they decide the same thing, that it feel that like at the end, he's kind of leaning into that feeling rather than like. That's just how their relationship is going to be from that point on. Like I, I just just thinking about how. The rest of the movie went with like the antagonistic nature of their relationship and how they goaded each other in different ways. It just seems like that was like a high spot for them, but like it's yeah. really about that, like that teenage feeling. I, I, I mean, and, and to me, that's sort of like this, this whole movie, right? Is bringing then back don't to you end on the, I don't, then I think you end on a different beat. Like what? Like, I mean, so what's our last shot? But that's the whole thing. Like, the last shot is, is her saying, I love you, right? Isn't it? Uh, I yeah. love you, Gary Valentine. Yeah, and then yeah. it cuts the black. Yeah. The, the, to me, that's like the whole movie is like an encapsulation of like that time period in Paul Thomas Anderson's life. Huh. Right? Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a nostalgic look back at la in the early 70s well he even says that he was talking in the empire podcast and he goes the time that you grow up and this is his quote he goes the time that you grow up always seems so romantic to you you know it, it doesn't even matter what it is and he kind of said he, he even tried to like allude to it a little bit like you have that sequence where it's an amazing time period you're showing it but the little vignettes of like oh there's nixon and like everything wasn't okay yeah. But it's I felt like it was almost Gary was him and saying, like, do you even know what Alana's like, do you even know what's going on, Gary? You're like you're saying this world's amazing, all this stuff. And you're kind of ignoring what's around you, which I thought was an interesting play too. with this idea of, you know, when you're 15, you probably don't think of it. And she's older and she's like, look at the world around you. And, you know, the story to me, which was interesting, because I always thought it was a Gary story just reading, you know, seeing the trailer and stuff. But to me, it's much more of an Alana story and where she's going. You know, Gary is kind of Gary, I think, through a lot of this movie. So um, where is Alana going? Like, well, uh, do you know what? I mean, it's interesting. Cause, cause Paul is, Thomas does Anderson she was, change and develop at all? I, I don't think I she think, does. I think she is. I think it highlights that she's. I often wonder, like when she says, I love Gary and who he is, is it that she's kind of embracing somewhat of what they've done? Like, if you look at her with him, she, regardless of the romantic piece, right there, they intellectually like battling back and forth. They have good communication. She plays a huge role in helping him with all these businesses, 
you know, do I mean like she's an anchor there. She's something there. If you look at her relationships with the other men in these movie, right? None of them are good. None of them are healthy. None of them are her being an equal or even talking to them. I mean, like the Sean Penn character, the, 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 what is he? City councilor, the the other star, you know, all of those are now there's only a little bit of growth, but maybe it's her at least understanding like what, well, it's confused, right? Like once, yeah, yeah, it's it's confused growth because she doesn't, I mean, she sees the, the councilman invites her out to, for a drink only to kind of cover the fact that he's gay yeah, and he doesn't want the press or whoever this guy is um, trying to get a story on him um, to to figure things out. And, um, and isn't there a notion there that like so she almost kisses the guy that she ha- knew and, right? uh, that, uh, that uh, like uh, got uh, her this job right? Who seems like they have a right. good relationship. He is of her age. They were in school together, right? Yeah. So like that's something that would make sense. Yeah, right. She rejects him the minute there's an opening that like this could be a thing with the councilman. Right. right? And so there's this constant notion of her. Like I even struggle, Brian, with the idea like, yeah, she does have skills. But in every relationship, there is this amplification of like she's using her sexual capital of you like it's not ever it's not ever an equal playing field it's not ever her just like doing what she does and being good at it it's always like a leverage but i think that's a reflection of the time period that it's set in as well like that there there was in a medium in california in hollywood where this is filmed i i think that was probably somewhat a reality of what the situation a hundred percent when you open to the photographer slapping her on the ass like that's very much there and her reaction to that is disgust but then roll forward to you know sean penn and you know and you have to wonder like where would things have gone with the councilman if he wasn't gay and had no interest in right her, is right? it like, just a more powerful man slapping her on the ass yeah, right right, right. It's, yes. it's, she's trading she's not up. interested in the photographer she's still just getting slapped she on the ass is looking for someone with power yeah. like and, when she's like i'm a politician yeah, so gary like, no so, you're not fucking a politician right, right. you're just looking for like who can give you you don't want to drive the truck right. anymore like, but right. that's that that's sort of what I'm that's sort of how I'm envisioning this entire movie, which is like these two really screwed up people for different reasons. The age gap makes it slightly we it makes it very weird, but it does also add an element of that is interesting because it does start to make you examine where they are at emotionally. Um it, if he made him 18, it, it would have kind of alleviated Agreed. everything I mean, I, and, and listen, it wouldn't have changed I, and much. That, and that this was my question, Jim. Game. Right. It's, it's very, very purposeful. purposeful. And yeah. that's where I yeah. kept coming back to yeah. like, why? Yeah. Why make her 25? Right. Like he's 18. She's 23. It doesn't feel. Don't care. Nobody right. cares. Right. So like, exactly. why make it such a thing? I don't know. You, I mean, you but, never. he's never in school. There's never like, but, there's never any of the things that like make him a 15 year old. Right. Right. But the, but the well, idea. That's a commentary on him as well. Yeah. Like that. 
he like that talk speaks to his character, which is based on a real person, by the way. One of Paul Thomas Anderson's friends, oh. one of the big uh, he one of the big producers in Hollywood, actually good friends with Tom Hanks. He produced uh, a lot of the CNN stuff. If you've ever seen any of the CNN decade series um, like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, that's Gary Valentine who produced that. Uh, he does a ton of stuff with um, Hanks and all those guys. And yeah. a lot of these are his real stories that he told Paul Thomas Anderson and he worked into the movie actually. Yeah. So he's like crazy. The, they're both kind of screwed up in different ways. And it's all about like how that screwed upness kind of ping pongs off of everybody in their little mainly against each other, but also a little bit outside with the people they interact with. But in thinking about Alana, like she does. So like, the men that she's interacting and working for in this movie, the obviously the photographer is a, is a creep and a dirtbag. Paul, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Sean Penn playing. Um, who is he playing? Well, it was supposed Jack, to be William Holden. We Jack, Holden. Jack Holden, but it's really right. William Holden. Um, who's, you know, an, at that point, an Oscar winning actor. Hmm. Um, and, he basically pretends that he basically doesn't even learn her name and just decides that she's Grace, a young Kelly. version of Grace <laughs> Kelly, which is totally weird. But like his own movies, yeah, quoting lines from his own movies. He's he's disinterested in, in her in any possible way, which is basically like a slap on the ass, right? It's minimizing her presence in whatever's happening in that moment. She, did. but but like the un the. The levels of discomfort in that of her being like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sexy, Are we right? No, that's sexy. You, yeah, we're that's going sexy, yeah. right? We're going to where is this Korea or, or oh yeah, he starts talking yeah. about the I don't Korean know if War. The, yeah. I don't know if this Cambodia? is Cambodia. We're going these to are Cambodia. Lines. lines from his movie. That's yeah. like him doing lines from and a then, movie. And then she then she moves on to. Uh, you know the senator or the the Councilman. mayor, yeah, the mayor, who the guy running for mayor, um, and it's the same thing. Like she, she's minimized, not in a sexual way. There, she's she's basically just going to help him get out of a, a weird situation because she's a woman, not because of her skill in any way, just because she can fill a need as a woman. It, it's kind of an interesting if you look at those three people that we see, and then kind of over top of that whole timeline of those three men, you have her interactions with Gary who, where there are times he's asking her to be sexy and then she does the thing and he immediately regrets it. Um, even though she does exactly what he wants her to do and closes the deal on the sale, he's, he's immediately upset that he, that he did it. He takes it out on her, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about, what he his relationship with her as a boss let alone someone who she ends up with at the end well because for the rest of the movie she they make it a very big point for her specifically to say that he, we are not together he's not my boyfriend i work for him or i'm his business partner mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. entire movie so yeah it's just interesting uh, with that i i want i was in an aside of that the filmmaking of this film is unbelievable. You know, the, the technical aspects 
of it. And I also think it's like, I was thinking to myself, it's intriguing because if you ask me to pick which film on one view, I think is better. I would probably pick Coda. You know, if you were to say, which one do I want the Oscar to do? I want it to go to Coda or do I want it to go to licorice pizza? If you were going to ask me which film I'm most likely to revisit in six months, I would rewatch this one. I think before I would rewatch Coda and I, and I don't know what that is. Like, what is it that makes well, you I think visit something more frequently? Like the gut reaction of the first one is I watch Coda. I'm like, oh, yeah, like Coda. I loved it. Tell everybody to watch it. But I don't know if I'll rewatch that movie with it might be two, three years before I rewatch this movie. I, this movie, I'm like, hmm, you know what? As soon as this comes to a mainstreaming site, I want to watch it. I think at least for me. And this, this is all personal preference, and it depends on what kind of person, when you revisit a movie, what do you want from that experience, right? I think this movie is a little bit more of a puzzle box than Coda. Coda mm. has a beginning, middle, and end with very clear themes, very clear, concise storylines. Um, characters are make sense. They do what you expect them to do if they do something you don't expect it makes sense in the narrative of the film licorice pizza is a more of a character study where and and this is something that um jason bateman asked paul thomas anderson which is like or it might have been uh will he said you know like do when you're writing do you think of themes and then write to those themes and how does that play out because all of his films do have that little bit of a puzzle box feeling, which is like, there's a level of storytelling here that you really have to analyze. And he basically said, no, I, if I went into writing, thinking starting with a theme, it would be a terrible script. He's mm -hmm. like, I start with what I think is an interesting story with interesting characters and keep building character, 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 and then have those characters interact throughout that storyline. And he said, at, at some point, some themes might start to pop up and become more present, and then you can kind of tweak and go from there. But yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. And for me, that's the type of movie that I would like to revisit. If I'm being honest with myself, I would probably say that I'm less likely to revisit those movies sometimes because it feels like work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that that's fair. It is right. That so like is this work, is right. Same as literature. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. There's this is one of those films where there are multiple layers to it, and first time through, all of those questions, yeah. you know, are things that you can go back and try to dig a little bit deeper to an answer. Right. right? Why Why do we think that these things? The guys. Why Why the running? Why all of the running? running? Why does she run into the people? Lots of right? oh like God. I need, I, this is a thing I need to go back and explore because there's something happening there and I don't know if I get it yet. But yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, yeah. this is, this is something to be analyzed. Which, which is what I end up really loving about filmmakers like the Coen brothers, which is like, they occupy that very, that very slim area where I'm like, I will revisit them because they're funny I will revisit them because they're exciting stories and I will revisit them because they're a puzzle boxes mm -hmm. at the same time. And there's very few filmmakers that really do that. 
I think. Um, but I think Paul Thomas Anderson's pretty close. Like this one isn't for me. This one's not engaging enough. I don't think that I want to revisit it like a ton. I I probably would watch it again if like someone wanted to watch it and they hadn't seen it. You know, I'd probably watch it and I'd probably get more out of it. But I don't know. Coda, well, I think I, I'm less likely to revisit just because I don't know what else. What you get a second out of the second view. Yeah. Like, what are you taking but, away from it that you didn't get the first time? Right. But again, if if someone is here and they were like, hey, let's watch a movie. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen Coda. And I know that they would enjoy it. I'd 100% watch that movie without question because I'm going to enjoy that experience. Right. Yep. This movie, for me, from a rewatch perspective, because I like cinematography, is I just think the way he tells the story is really interesting. On the Mission Impossible podcast, they were actually talking about De Palma and the way the Palma films put. Paul Thomas Anderson is similar. Kubrick, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, Wes Anderson, I think of where they use the the camera as as opposed to an edit or a cut to tell story. And like that opening track shot where he basically picks up Gary and Alana, they meet at the school and they just follow and the camera is telling you the story. They're, They're not cutting it. I just there's something so amazing to that the running sequences the way he feel like fills it like he's not using coverage the idea of coverage is i'm going to shoot this scene and i'm going to shoot a long shot of it a medium shot of it a close-up of it and then i'm going to let the editor figure out how they're going to cut it together look and sometimes like action films and stuff that works beautifully but like he i feel like if you can do these long intricate shots you feel like you're living in it and i i do feel like he pulled that off with the costume design the lighting all the you he thrusts you into this movie and there's some amazing long sequences where tarantino does this by the way in um once upon a time in hollywood as well like he you feel like you're being taken into the 1960s here i feel like i'm being taken into the 1970s and i just love to go back and look at some of those shots again and see how he constructs them because it's it's really interesting as a medium of film to do it that way the one that I loved, my favorite shot in this whole movie was the dinner scene with the uh, councilman where that's good. Where Very neither good. the councilman or his significant other are really in the frame. The significant other is to some extent, but he's out of focus and they're focused on Alana's face in a mirror. Mm. So and they she, do that a few times in this movie. Yeah, I and I was, was trying really I was I was almost trying to figure out like where the camera was like mm. and not in the mirror or they didn't have and they didn't have lights in the mirror. Yep. Um, because it, what it what it allows you to kind of feel is that like you're sitting at the same table with them. Mm. But also this weird feeling of like being almost like ashamed to look at her in the face. Yes. Which is just like a brilliant moment in that scene because that's kind of what that significant other guy, I forget his name, the the, the character, um, is feeling. Like, he he knows why she's there, and it's this really, you know, which, which I, yeah, I don't know. It was just a brilliant scene. I, I'm 
I would rewatch that scene again because most of it, she's not even with it enough. I don't think to realize what's happening like you. And I think the position of the camera allows, allows the audience to almost figure it out before her. If that makes sense. Well, I, I, and I think it's really interesting, like coming off watching Coda again, cause we all loved it. And I think it's so good. I think there's an accessibility to Coda where if you just want to watch a film and you don't, you're not like somebody who's like a cinephile or something where you watch it and you're like, that film's great. Whereas like something like this, this is Paul Thomas Anderson. is just this guy like Tarantino and some of the, who's just a lover of movies and like the care some of these shots are taken with is, I mean, it's, is it necessary? Maybe not. Like, I think you could watch a film of Coda where I thought was a fabulous film, but I also think it was pretty cookie cutter in terms of like the way they shot it, the light, you know I mean? I think that's fine. You could, sometimes you can just have a good story. And then sometimes you can get a, a story that is so exemplified by everything else that goes into it. That makes it really interesting that it, as a medium of filmmaking, this is like a film to me. Like, I feel like Coda could be a story you could do as a play or a book or something like that. This is very much a film. And it's like what the medium of cinema can be in terms of how you do these things, the way he shoots it. So you use these long shots. And then sometimes you're doing, like you say, you don't see Alana's face and you know, purposely because the, what the care he takes with all these shots, I feel like Wes Anderson's like that, right? You know, like Wes Anderson takes these intricate shots. So if he's doing a close up on someone, you know, there's a reason that close up's yeah. there. If somebody's out of focus, you know, that's telling you something. Now, the problem with that is you probably do have to go back and watch it again yeah. and figure out like Katie saying like, okay, why is she running into people when she's running? Because that's not like, there's no she way a guy fuck who's, off more. but, but there's no fuck way somebody off. who's good. Nobody who's going to build these intricate, like at some point, like two to three minute shots on film and he shoots on film, which costs a lot of money. So if somebody misses their mark or something like that, you're not going to do that unless there's an amazing reason to do that. Yeah. And I think that's an, like the Coen brothers are the same way you feel. And you also, by the way, in the age of having your cell phone out and I'm guilty of this with certain movies, I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson, like I can't be looking at my cell phone as I'm watching this movie or I'm going to miss something that's going to be really interesting. Like I'm going to be missing an image that I need to see or like a, a facial expression yeah, that I yeah, need yeah. to see that has real value to it. Like if I don't see that, I'm going to miss something here. And that's pretty cool. Katie, did you have a favorite shot? Oh, um, the one I was thinking about was the, the truck, the yes. way that, yeah, the way that it makes you feel like you're, you're in the discomfort. I, of the, all of the truck, oh that all of the so truck amazing. with Bradley. Co well, you, you know, I loved Bradley Cooper. Oh, he's so good. I loved yeah, him just so please much. Talk about him nonsense. Wait, because what, this before we move on to that, because oh I, I have something I need to say about John Peters. The, the truck the sequence. Lunatic, the the thing that I, John the Peters. thing that I love about the truck sequence is that as she starts driving backwards, you're like, what? You as the audience is like. What the fuck? And then it it goes on, it goes on, and you're like, oh and my god, she's doing. It. And then it they drops cut out, and it drops. The sound in that scene, I think, is so important. Uh, yes, there's no engine. There's no. All you get is the rattle, right? right? Yeah, and there's absolutely. no music, right? right? So nothing. and they're not yeah. talking, right? But 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 then it cuts, and you finally see Gary's face, and he is fucking terrified. <laughs> it is so good, 
And maybe in that moment, you're like, oh, he's a 15-year-old kid, right? No, but also, it is te- like what yes, they are it- doing is terrible. Like, anyone would be right, terrified. Right. It but is I pitch also- black. They're on the hills of L.A. Yeah. In a, yes. tr- in a truck Giant that's truck. like, you've seen the freaking waterbeds that are stacked in the back of that <laughs> the thing. The kids like, are you, back there. Right. You hit one <laughs> curve wrong. That thing's going over the side of the mountain. Like, right. there's... There's no way. So right. that it's, is terrifying. It, but it is, it is, it's so interesting. And she's not going slowly. No, that's right? like, no, she's not, not at all. She's not like not pumping the brakes. He's kind of using that as like a, like that's clearly yes, a, metaphor. a metaphor. Yes. So like the idea that she can't even tap the brake or they might not make it to the gas station. But then right? at the end of that, so then, so then her reaction. Oh, so she has the opposite reaction. Yes. So yeah. he's elated and she is, is like, like, what not, the fuck am I never doing? Again. In my life? Right, I'm leaving. Well, that's what makes her yes. go to the... Yes, go to yes, the, yes. Yeah. But I, I have to say that... I'm glad you brought that up because to me, I'm not sure I've seen on film a better representation than probably something all of us in our lives have experienced, right? Which is that transition out of that like teen, early 20... Like, what am I doing? Yeah, but then you she know, goes like, back. You just think... I know, it's not. A, it's not. A, and it's. It's all false. Well, I it's think, all like none of it's real. Right. There's. But there is also none of it's real. I think that's a great point. But I think that's what she's starting to realize about the other things out there. Like Nothing's it's real. all bullshit. Nothing's real. These these other people. I I thought I was doing this great thing. Except the Catwoman's not bull. He is not bullshit. It's well, it's, no. But in her in eyes, a, in her eyes, he is. Uh, so like you. That's right. such. That's such a struggle. I know, but he's he is real. Like he is not. They could have taken that character and made him like a truly false, right? Like Sean Penn, right? Barry, yeah, yeah. Barry made, they made it more Gibbs. complicated, which I think right. Is, like he is, he is genuine. He is in a society where he can't be his real self, right? But I think that's she. That's rough. She, that's she, different. I know it's a tough, but you you can't argue that the character of Alana sees that as him not having integrity oh. she literally says that's integrity. the first the bull the billboard it's the first i thing have integrity she, it's the first thing integrity. she says to him does yeah. that make me sexy <laughs> she didn't say that no but she was thinking it <laughs> yeah but that's the funny the funny thing is that then that is a clearly closing the book on that relationship is like he didn't in her eyes he didn't have integrity we all know that it's a way more complicated situation right. for him right. but she's again not even fully demotion. Yeah, she's not well, even fully a twenty-five-year-old, like she says. No, certainly not. Um, uh, which is also very talk. apparent by how her family yes. treats her. Oh, yes. Oh, which absolutely. is actually <laughs> Brian. I do have her to wait. Real family. Oh, that's all her real family. I <laughs> yeah. do have to ask. So, so the um, her screen tests are fascinating. Those moments. Oh, I didn't see it. No, 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 no. The like, oh, where she's oh meeting, right, 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 oh, right, right. She's doing. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get two of those, right? Where she yeah. one where she meets with a casting agent. Yes. The other one where she's running through lines with, with the guitar the, with the character, right? Yeah. Or with, with which Sean is Penn. a real movie, by the way, breezy with Clint Eastwood. Those Dear are Lord. real lines. He's so, he, so Gary gives her the advice of like say yes to everything, so she can speak nine languages. <laughs> she can ride horses, ride horse. right? Like all of the things. Fencing. Right? I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> But when she says Krav Maga, Krav oh, Maga, that's real. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, and I love, really I love that. Yeah. And so like that, so that's where my mind went with the truck. Right. Where I was like, she oh, does she have do these like superpowers. Yeah. Right. Where she can like, but then I feel like we don't really like, like there's not really 
so following the truck scene, there's not an appreciation for herself of like, I am the goddamn shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, well, like, yeah, I, no, I think I she can do that thing. Like, I, think, I can do other things. I think in the moment you might have that reaction. But then when you really think about it, you're like, I just could have killed myself and these four other kids. Yes. Who I think it, I already think it's weird. I'm hanging out with, yes, with these 15 year old yes. kids and a kid that's even younger. And what in the world am I doing with my life? that got me in a situation where I was responsible for them. Right. And so like, I don't know. I think that's what sends her to the, to the mayor's campaign. Anyway, John Peters gets get oh back to my him. God. Bradley Cooper. One of the best performance. I, how that's not nominated for an Oscar, I have no well, idea. He's, he is unbelievable in it this is movie. So uncomfortable. Um <laughs> I immediately needed to know if John Peters was a real person, which he is. Yes, so he's that I, crazy <laughs> too. I'm sorry. We have to what you've done. We have to talk about what's the most uncomfortable moment. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so first thing I did was I Googled John Peters Liquor's Pizza. Yeah. The first article I found was from Insider. The headline says this Bradley Cooper's Licorice Pizza character is based on a real life Hollywood producer who started out as a hairdresser, yes. was married to Pamela Anderson for 12 days. And fought Steven Seagal. That's the headline of this article. He is that crazy. Okay. He was the, uh, the hairdresser of the stars. Best yeah, moments. Him trying to get Gary to say Barbara Streisand's name. Oh, so good. And Gary says it nine different ways, and his n none of them are acceptable. Oh yeah. Are you fucking with me? Streisand. What's he say? What's he say? Oh, you're from the streets. <laughs> I realize that now. We speak the same Wait, language. The gas station. Yeah. When he throws the gas can at the, at the guy, oh my god, points the lighter with the <laughs> oh my, my my pump now, my nozzle, it's my nozzle, and then Katie, our favorite part oh is god. when so they good. see he throws the trash can through the store. He's so Alana's hiding so she doesn't he doesn't see her as he walks by with a gas can, and two women walk by with tennis outfits. Yes. Yeah, uh, he turns around and goes back to them and says, "You guys like peanut butter sandwiches?" Because <laughs> he can't. He like, gets so much tail. So much tail. Like, it'll be the so death. Of me. It'll, it'll be, the be the death of me. It is. I mean, literally. Do you like Barbara Streisand? Are you fucking with me? What, I, I think oh my it's god! One of, it's one of my favorite performances I've seen in ages. I, I want that. I want that as a full movie. Uh, I just oh want that god. relationship. I don't think it would work because I think we don't need. He is the, so good at these little characters, like moments. Remember in Hit and Run, dude. He was. He was. Oh, uh, he was fabulous in Hit and Run. Crazy in that movie. So Even crazy. just dude, the shot of him storming up the hill towards them oh, after they've left uh, the hose running behind them and they're driving down and it's just him walking and you don't know why and the fear they, they, yeah. like they're in a truck they could just drive him over yeah. they you could know, drive the, around him the, the crazy thing about that performance too is um that was the very first thing they shot in this movie oh, wow. so so um you know cooper and alana in real life They've never been in movies before. Like Paul Thomas Anderson wanted them. And he goes, you know, this is crazy. He was talking about it on the Empire podcast. And he was like, this is crazy. Usually the first thing you shoot is something mundane. You know, you do something simple just to get the jitters. Day one, by the way, none of them knew Bradley Cooper was going to be John Peters. So he kept that from everybody and he showed up and he grew that hair and that beard during the pandemic. So it was like real. 
Wow. And he just luscious. showed up. Yeah. And he just good hair. he just showed up and he said the first thing that Cooper ever had to do is it was deal with like Bradley and both. And he said it was actually probably the best thing he could ever do because it's like you could survive this. You could, he goes, I never would have done this, but it was during the pandemic. They made the movie and Bradley Cooper had to go back and shoot Nightmare Alley. So he's like, we only had him. He was going to have to shave the beard, cut the hair and go back and do the movie. So we had to do it. And that was the very first thing they did. And everybody is amazing. And like the three of them and their interplay is out of this world. Yes. And it's the one moment where someone actually besides Alana has Gary on it on his like heels a little Mm. bit where Gary even admits after that scene that he he wanted to come, he had comebacks to say to John Peters, but he didn't in late. the moment. He was yeah. playing yeah. playing it cool. Um, that scene is so good. And who, I, so I, does he also have like a manservant? Like who is that guy? Yeah, yeah but the know. guy is, is really Streisand? working for Barbara Streisand. Right, 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 so like right. He immediately that, reports to her. Right, so he's yeah, full of shit too. He, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I, I loved Sean Penn too. And I'm not always the biggest Sean Penn fan, but that character cracked me up because that's a based on a real story, actually. That whole bike situation, evil Knievel would actually do that and get uh, like loaded and then try to like with Sam Peckinpah, who's a director who did like the wild bunch and stuff, and they would do stuff like that. It, like it crazy. It, that shit whole like sequence that. with him and Tom Waits. Tom Waits was great as well. It reminded me very much of once upon a time in Hollywood. God damn it. What? Both of you. That is my double feature. Brian and you already keep... put that in the document. Oh, I didn't see it. Where? What? That's his choice? Yes. Damn it. Well, it's the natural pairing. I don't know if there's a better pairing <laughs> than that. Like they, that's because it, it, they both feel the same. They yeah. feel like crazy, except once upon a time in Hollywood doesn't make me feel as uncomfortable. Right. Which is well, strange. Yeah, I, I know, yeah, right? What do you think about that, that, right? Anyway. Less uncomfortable. I, and one last idea I thought was interesting to me is I felt like Gary, and there was a line in this, is like almost, and it's interesting because the character he's based on becomes a producer, but Gary's like is a producer. He's like amplifying what a producer in Hollywood does in this movie. And he's like, you're the best when you're with me. And he's like doing all these things. It's just intriguing. We never see or talk really about producers and what they do, but you could see like that. This is based on a real guy. And this is what this kid was doing. He's trading, bartering, coming up, stealing idea, all this type of stuff. He's a 15 year old regular at, an old bar. Tale of the cock. Yeah. Is that what it was? Cock of the tail. Tale of the cock. Tale of the cock. Yeah. We should probably go to LA and go there. The cock is my bar, my spot. The tail is my spot. But Tom Waits says, back to the cock. <laughs> oh my God. So wait, I, I, I have so many questions about Gary. So we see him. The first place we see him is school. Yes. Does he Never go, to, go to school? Do we only know. see He's the story star, well, so I was outside of school? Was that school pictures or was it like... Yes. It yeah. was supposed to be school, school yearbooks. Yeah. Yearbook photos. So, so then my... Because I thought for a minute, I was like, oh, he doesn't go. But then I thought, no, are we only seeing the stories that happen at in, night? And right. Which that. is like, that's a common like storytelling device for the teenage years where it's like, well, that that's where life happens when you're a teenager is in the time you're not in school. Right. I think, but I also think in that world of Hollywood in the seventies where he's a star, like I, I, it's so different. 
But he's not a star, right? Did you get the impression? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting. Well, he's in commercials. That's he's why an he's actor. desperate he's for these. You know, not desperate, he's, but like yeah. he's using the leverage yeah, like, that he had right? yeah. from his bit of and, fame to create these connections that will hopefully become. Something business more. opportunities and yeah. something more right but, but he's so not like, working on his acting no that, like, co- the commercial piece like that was yeah they didn't like so him. i got so i was no, thinking they want, they was like he a him, child actor who like now that he's right. turned into that's what i was thinking he's but not cute think, anymore right no, he's, a, he's I, lost his like hey that's mikey yeah but right? i think he's a guy who understands that and is you know, like oh, the beaver joke. every angle, whatever angle, the beaver joke. The yeah. beaver joke on live TV was, I love that that woman was just beating him backstage. Yeah. That, <laughs> that felt real. I, I did want to say this just before. I know we're like getting long. Um, I do love the way that Paul Thomas Anderson, I think I remember this from some of his other movies. He films dialogue very realistic. I don't think, you know, as opposed to like Tarantino or anybody who writes dialogue in a way that is stylized, right? Um, Aaron Sorkin or any any of those like dialogue greats, quote unquote. This movie, like even like just like the small little moments, like people are talking in a normal volume and they're they're saying things that like normal people say. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not hyped. Even even no. in the specifically in the way that it's recorded, I think it's almost like that that low, like you almost have to lean in to hear what they're saying in that moment when um I forget the the other actor's name, but he's Gideon from Righteous mm-hmm. Gemstones. When they're backstage and him and Alana are talking, it's like it's almost like they're they're whispering, and it's sort of like oh, what are they saying? <laughs> it's but it feels natural as opposed to the whispery voice of Spencer. True. True. <laughs> Yeah, so much, right. There was so much whispering, but it also contrasts with I see ambulance it, ghost. It also contrasts with Gary, who is like, I need everyone in the room to hear what I'm saying, yes. even though I'm saying nothing to this person right here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's fabulous. I, I, again, I, I beg your the pardon. More I talk about it. The more I'm interested <laughs> in this movie. Uh, this movie is finally on rental video on demand, uh, so you can rent that, and it's worth a rental. Yeah. I think we rented um, it. Yep. Yeah. I rented we will be it talking about this movie for days. So yeah. Yes. No, I, 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 I feel very yeah, 15 year old, 25 year old, my, my, my A plus, uh, uh, King of the Hill, bottom barrel. We putting it over Coda. Not I'm for not. me. No, I don't think so either. It's certainly not father of the bride, uh, double feature. Here we go. Our very popular with commenters segment. What film will we pair with licorice pizza? Some commenters. Know added God damn it. That's well, it's the, I didn't know it. Brian, well, we also can both, chose it. We can, uh, we can both. It's a great it. pick. It's the one that I immediately thought of as well. Yes. Yeah. It yes. just feel it. Th- these movies feel the same. Yeah. All right. So, Katie and I. I'm would sorry. Like I'll try. I'll try to think of an alternate of a B, or or just look at the show documents. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did skip right on. over this section. Uh, uh, Jim said, "Do you com- have?" He said, "Do you have one?" I said, "Yes, I do." Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I didn't look at what anybody else had. <laughs> no, well, that's that's a, that's very Gary Valentine. <laughs> that's you. Uh, Vinyl's made out of oil, you jackass! <laughs> oh my god, the water! We didn't even get into the water. I will piece. give Alana 
props for her cursing in this movie is pretty top notch. Mm. Yeah, she it's is. Pretty, she is strong, she is fabulous. Actress. I don't know if, if she'll end up doing anything else, but she's was great in this. Uh, commenters' choices: Brett picked Dazed and Confused. Great mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one Kevin say American Graffiti, so I could see that as a great choice, and another Kevin say Mystic Pizza, just because pizza was in the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. There we go. Uh, Katie and I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Jim has Almost Famous, which is another movie. We still haven't done that movie, which is crazy. You know, it takes place in the 70s. It's about the music industry and and kind of the people that are full of shit kind of going around there. Starring uh, Hoffman. Uh, Philip Seymour as Lester Bang. I'll go with my B pick, which I did think of, but then I hedged on it because I thought I haven't seen this movie in years. Um, Put The Graduate in there. The Graduate? It's got to be the most famous Yeah. Yes. Have you not seen that recently? It's been a long time. When's the last time you watched it? Did you watch it recently? Uh, Probably six months ago. What? How how did we not talk about this? That's one that we could do. Another one that we we talked about doing in the future that would have fit in pretty good here because it's also like a love letter to a specific place and time would be diner. Oh Ooh, yeah. I haven't choice. seen it. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous choice as well. I, I will say this before we stop the music. Oh, in Once so Upon good. a Time in Hollywood is I think better than this we, one. No, so I don't. had a goal. Do you, you have a, you oh, have we, a, we love this one. We loved to, the oh, so much. I, I like loves the playlist. Okay. Specifically that, 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 um, David Bowie song life on Mars is in my uh, head. Well, all amazing day. use mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. fabulous. All right. It is time for five oh, questions. Let me roll it. You want oh yeah. You were, you let me roll it to you. Little Paul McCartney. It's crazy. Oh, so good. Why? All right, pop question time. Jim is answering. Oh, Gordon Lightfoot, if you could read my mind. I didn't know that was in there. I didn't hear that one. Oh, I love Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, All right, here we go. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Question, Jim. Thumbs up or thumbs down on pinball, playing pinball? Oh, 100% thumbs up. I love pinball. Um, Yeah, love it. Favorite pinball? Uh, That you would remember as a kid that you would just play? No, but Dave had the Aladdin one in his house. That was pretty fun. The uh, no, not Aladdin. It was called Arabian Nights, mm, and in the middle Aladdin. there was a there was a lamp, and when you you hit the lamp, you could spin it, and then it would like, you know, do all kinds of cool stuff. Fabulous, uh, and that was true actually. That pinball was made illegal yeah. for a while, which is bizarre to say the least. Uh, all right, question two. Jim, would you rather be an assistant to a school photographer or a waterbed delivery truck driver? I mean, either one, I'd probably leave my options open. I don't think either of these are something. <laughs> you don't think those are career well, I'll tell you this. School for, school, what would be least, least awful? awful? That's it. Maybe the waterbed because... Yeah, you get to listen to your podcast all day. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But, but you'd also have to deal with rich people being shitty. I'd, but then they give you a tip at the end. That could Nobody's be. Nobody's tipping you as a photographer. No, and you'd have to deal with the kids. That's so, and maybe and they get, are and, and, at their worst. With and strangers. some woman slapping me on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> or man, do don't be biased. Don't be biased. I'm not. Uh, waterbeds, thumbs up or thumbs down? Bonus question for everybody. Oh, thumbs down. My brother had one. I do remember that. They turned out to be like awful for you or orthopedically, didn't they? 
Yeah, oh, I don't, I, I don't I, think we're yeah, supposed I to don't... sleep on a bag of water. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was like the thing. It was supposed to be like, what's going on in that water about six months after? I just remember them talking about like if one of them moved in the middle of the night, right? Like just think about that. Yeah. For a half hour. See you, see you later. Every time Forget someone it. moves. It's like sleeping on the Titanic every night. Uh, all right, fill in the blank question. As a teenager, the type of business you would have been able to start and run would have been? Pretzel bakery. Yep. 100%. Uh, I wish you still did it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Still a backup plan. I would need capital. I mean... You know that's the that's where it would have been a problem. Well, Jim, but. don't don't ask for a loan. You know I'm still trying to get funding for our Footloose short. Yeah, Just working very hard to get funding for that. Is shockingly not received any emails yeah. or texts about funding that. Uh, favorite question: What is your favorite pizza topping? We now, don't actually see pizza in this movie, yeah. but it's in the title. I uh, if I'm like judging a pizza place, I'd like just the plain pizza, just normal. I will not call it cheese pizza. People that call it cheese pizza, you can f off. A plain. If you are picking a pizza. topping, if by picking, to a topping, are you going for pepperoni. a meat or are you going okay and pepperoni? Okay. Pepperoni. Okay. Let's okay. Do that. There you go. Uh, nothing worse than when the you know it's not a great place when the, they make the pepperoni and it's so oily, like they haven't cooked it properly. You can mm. tell something about it by that. Uh, finally, deep thoughts question here: Is it better to be in a relationship with someone ten years? older than you or 10 years younger it has to be older it has to be older every time better for what the world like me (laughs) emotionally like what this is a deep this is a deep thoughts question i it has to be older it It has to be older interesting you're married to somebody younger than you i mean i guess after the age of after the age of 40 it doesn't well, that's, this question doesn't but I, matter. I think that's the idea, though. Right. No, that's how I was taking it. It's like as adults, right? Yeah, I'm not talking about you prefer about being the older a, person a in a relationship or the younger person yeah. in a relationship. I don't know. Mm. I don't know that it really... Well, I guess... I don't know. Mm. Something to think about this it week is. for all the listeners. Yeah. Maybe I think, throw that I out think on Facebook. I'd rather be the younger... If it was going to be a 10-year gap, I'd rather be the younger person. I think person. I prefer being the younger. Yeah. But I feel like okay. maybe in my next marriage, I'll try a younger guy and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> ah, that's five questions. Uh, recommendations. Does anybody have any recommendations? Marry somebody. Oh, my gosh. Have you? we talked about sex lives with college girls? We haven't. No, we you talked told about me it. about it. Oh, you my gosh. It. It, is it is so, so, it's so funny. funny. It is so funny. It's on my list. Everyone should try it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I have a video game recommendation, Elden Ring, Ooh, which is with it. made from one of my by one of my favorite developers from software. But they had help from George R. R. Martin in some of the like world building. Okay, maybe you should be writing his book. Yeah, I, I agree. Twenty years um, to publish or whatever that is, instead of all this other shit. And I don't even read the books. Uh, my recommendation is uh, the kids. Actually, all the Costellos watched Jurassic Park three. Which isn't nearly as bad as I remember. I'm not giving it like a. I'm not saying it to me, but I was like, oh, this is movies okay. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and my criterion choice this week is the Asphalt Jungle, John Huston. Mm. And that's it. Watch, uh, go live in the 70s. Yeah. For a minute. Be, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, nobody wanted bit. to live in the 70s until you lived in the 2020s. That's true. And then you're like, the 70s didn't look, Doesn't look so, so bad. bad. Yeah. Doesn't look so bad anymore. All right. All right. Uh, make sure you check out. We have new episodes every week of the shit show as well. Our shit's Creek podcast. They are regular. Watch, watch some shit's Creek. Listen to the podcast. It's awesome. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for Accentuate listening. Accentuate the positive. Ah, oh, eliminate the negative. <laughs> <laughs>